Next week, we have two important webinars that you are invited to attend on Monday at 6.30 p.m. or next Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. We hope you'll be able to join Listen Here to learn more. In this show, we talk about what to do when the stock market is crashing. Thanks for listening. Welcome to show number 16 of the Excel in Retirement Show. My name is David Treese. I am a financial advisor located in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And fall has arrived in the upstate of South Carolina, I do believe, or at least my fingers are crossed. We are having some wonderful weather and it's finally starting to cool off and having some nice cool mornings, which I love. Love being outside and getting exercise, so that's been very refreshing. My goal with this show is to distill a couple financial planning ideas that could help you excel in retirement. So thank you for listening in. And as always, you can reach me with questions or comments by calling 864-618-4800. Well, this year has been one for the history books, and I am not so sure the stock market volatility is over. So that begs the question, is your financial portfolio ready for more market volatility? Well, I want to invite you to a special webinar next Monday or next Tuesday on how to de-risk your retirement. Five keys to help ensure you have enough in retirement. A couple of the points I'll cover on this live webinar are not having enough income in retirement. And we're going to talk about what industry professionals recommend for income in retirement. And then we're going to be talking about the risk of the market in our current economy, which we cover a lot of these points on this show. And then we're going to be talking about the damaging impact of taxes and what to do. If you believe taxes are going to go up in the future, this, this uh, information will definitely aid you. And we're going to also talk about how to gain an understanding of the value of a comprehensive retirement income and distribution plan. And plus, we'll talk about what the risk multiplier is and how to deal with it. So these are going to be Monday, September 14th at 6.30 p.m. And uh, this will be on Zoom or next Tuesday, September 15th at 10.30 a.m. And these are in East Coast times. So that's Monday, September 14th at 6.30 p.m. or Tuesday, September 15th at 10.30 a.m. And so this will be a live virtual online webinar that you can view from your computer at home. And uh, there's, it's free of cost, no obligation, of course. And so we'll send you a link to that if you email me at david at clientsexcel.com. Or as always, again, you can call me at 864-618-4800. And we will get that link over to you. I'd love to see you on the show. So I heard a great illustration recently. So allow me to share it with you. Most of us, if not all of us, have a smartphone these days. It's probably pretty close to you, if I were guessing. And if you're like me, when it buzzes in your pocket or dings and goes off that you have a message, it's really hard to not look at it. Am I right or what? You want to see who's calling you or what that notification is, right? Even when driving, I find myself looking at a new message. It's terrible, but I would guess some of you have probably done it too, right? Let's say you got a new message while you were driving and you pick up your phone to read it. 
You read the text for what feels like maybe three seconds. You still decide not to text and drive, and you put it back down, and you look up to see a child dead ahead in the road. You slam on the brakes and swerve hard to miss him. You looked up just in time to make a last-minute ditch effort to save the child's life. Your car, maybe it's in the ditch. I don't know. If you were to look a little longer, though, at that text or even decided to text back, that child might be gone and your life would be forever changed, right? More than likely, after that event, you probably won't look at your phone and drive for a very long time, and you most definitely won't text and drive. It was such a super close miss that it will affect your actions for a while. You won't forget about this for a very long time. Well, what just happened in the past six months in the markets was a close miss. We made the fastest recovery in the history of the stock market after a crash. In the last six major crashes, it took on average 2,143 days for the market to recover. The crash from COVID-19 took 117 days. Did you catch that? It takes normally in the, in the six most major crashes of the recent past, or in the past, let me rephrase that. In the past last six major crashes, it took on average 2,100 days for the market to recover. This crash only took 117 days to recover. In my opinion, you have a window of opportunity to take action on this near miss that we just experienced. You could just stay where you are and keep looking at your phone while you drive, or you can take action and do something about the near life-changing miss that we just had. During this upcoming webinar, I'll share with you practical steps you can take to ensure your financial plan is on track. Please don't forget to register. You can email me at david at clientsexcel.com or again, our number is 864-618-4800. Now on to today's topic. We hear all kinds of strategies for what to do when the stock market starts heading south. You've probably heard them before. Go to cash. Hold on, it'll come back. Buy the dip. But the best is when someone smugly says, I know when to get out. CNBC ran an article this week with the headline, We Could Have Another 10% Fall Easily. The article said investors' attitudes about the market will be tested in the coming trading days as fundamentals are taken more into account. And that was Allianz Chief Economic Advisor, Mohammed El Aran, and uh, he was on CNBC. And he went on to say, that it is a tug of war that's going on and it's going to play out. It's going to show the DNA of investors, he said in the interview. After major indexes last week recorded uh, the worst session since June. And so he said we could start, uh, we could easily see another 10% fall if people start thinking fundamentals, if people start looking at the fundamentals. So, what are the financial fundamentals? To itch your financial knowledge itch, or elbow, or however that saying goes, there are two types of market analysts. There's the chartist, and this type of analyst looks at trends and patterns to attempt to predict future market corrections, or excuse me, market movements. So the chartist looks at trends and patterns and attempts to predict the market future uh, movements. Then there's a fundamentalist, who these people study balance sheets of companies and they study uh, the core meat of the company to determine its future viability or profitableness. 
This article I mentioned that the market could have a sell-off if people started looking at the fundamentals. Well, Warren Buffett is the guy that's the fundamentalist. Everybody looks at him because he reads these big reports and prospectuses from companies and balance sheets and does the, does the, the nitty-gritty work to see if a company will be profitable. And that's how he's made his fortune, by studying the fundamentals of companies. Last year, CNBC headline, uh, there was a CNBC headline that caught my eye from Warren Buffett. And it was, quote, this is the quote, Warren Buffett says, no textbook could have predicted the strange economy we have today. Now, this was last year before COVID. It's crazy. I feel like we'll reference things pre and post COVID in the future, kind of like BC before Christ and AD after death. Uh, it'll be pre and post COVID in the future, I bet. Buffett highlighted in this article from last year, though, that unemployment remains low, yet interest rates and inflation are not rising. At the same time, the U.S. government continues to spend more than it takes in. Buffett said the conditions are not sustainable for the long term. And he went on to say, this was really telling, no economics textbook I know of that was written in the first couple thousand years that discussed even the possibility that you could have this sort of situation and have all the variables stay more or less the same. So what's the point? Why am I telling you that? The point is, with government interference in the markets, it is extremely difficult to trade the market. I follow chartists who are struggling with anticipating what's going on and what's going to happen next. So chartists and fundamentalists are both having trouble tracking the market. And that's my belief that's because of all the government intervention in the markets. It throws a, uh, a wrench in the whole system. We've discussed on here what quantitative easing is, the money creation, the bond buying, the government mandating that foreclosures be held off the market. That's happening right now, folks. These factors make it very hard to trade in the stock market. So what in the world do you do? I'm glad you asked. There are two main things you can do. In the last episode, we discussed talk. Uh, we discussed uh, using fixed indexed annuities instead of bonds for your bond allocation portion of your portfolio. Now, this eliminates the securities risk that bonds carry, and it can allow you to make a larger return than most bonds are paying right now. And you have zero downside risk. You're protected. You're not going to lose money uh, due to fluctuation in the market or interest rate risk or anything like that. The first step, though, is determining how much of your money you should allocate towards fixed products that cannot lose value. At our firm, many of our clients are over 60 years old. And we realize that many people alive today will live well into their 90s. So we have to plan for a 30 to 35 year retirement. We need to know some of that money will be there when long-term care expenses come up later down the road or whatever the need may be. We want to have some money intact. So let's say you're 65. 65% to a fixed indexed annuity allocation and 35% to equities would satisfy the rule of 100. We talked about the rule of 100 last time, but remember the rule of 100 is whatever your age is, is what you should have in vehicles that cannot lose money. And the remaining uh, part up to 100% in equities. Now this is geared towards folks who are within 10 years of retirement or are in retirement. So what do you do with the equity portion? 
Well, the next step is determining your risk tolerance. We use some simple software that asks you a series of questions to help determine what your risk tolerance is. If you'd like to take this quiz, just email me and I'll shoot it over to you and send you the results. I'd be happy to share that with you. And that's David at ClientsExcel.com. And it breaks your risk tolerance down in a very granular way and asks you a series of questions. And uh, it's, it's very helpful with understanding where you are on that spectrum. We can use the buy and hold method and where come high or hell water, we're gonna hold the asset class because we're long-term investors. So this is the first method. We can use the buy and hold method and just say the heck with it. If, if hell or high water comes, I'm gonna hold this money. Now this can be appropriate for people who are not using their money to live on. Let's say you have a pension and you or your spouse have social security and little to no debt, or maybe you have rental income. So you have income coming from somewhere else and you're not needing your money in your portfolio to live off of. This may be a good fit for you. This may be a good strategy for you. But if you are drawing your money down, this strategy can be hard because when markets are down, and you're drawing your money down, that can be problematic and cause you to take even longer for your money to come back. Because remember, in the 2000s, when the market crashed twice, it took four to five years for many people's money to come back, or that 2,500 days that we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, it can take a while for your money to come back. And so using the buy and hold strategy and taking money while your uh, money is down or you've lost money can be problematic. The alternative is something many of our clients are enjoying, and that's using tactically and dynamically invested equity models. What this means is professional money managers review and watch these funds and these models on a daily or monthly basis to mitigate potential losses. Yes, you may lose money, but the goal is not to ride the account to the bottom or wherever the market is going to fall to. This year during the corona correction, these accounts have performed very well. They did not see the big dips earlier this year that the overall market saw. And can you imagine the peace of mind that that generated for our clients? That could be you. We believe it's important in retirement to be downside focused first and it's important to be nimble in your equity approach because the dynamics may change quickly. Those who are positioned to adapt to rapid change can often come out on top. That's our philosophy. We need to be nimble in your equity approach and because the dynamics change and can quickly change. When we are invested, as I described here, we don't have to worry about getting out and sitting in cash and missing the potential ride back up in the market. When timing the market, you have to be right twice. You have to know when to get out and when to get back in. And this is normally impossible for the average saver out there. But our clients don't have to worry about when the NASDAQ slides 6% over two days like it did last week. And let's face it, the market volatility isn't going away anytime soon. Now we know Tesla is the electric car maker and uh, their stock is up 400% this year. But one investment researcher believes it's a house of cards. David Trainer calls Tesla, he's an investment researcher, calls Tesla the most dangerous stock on Wall Street and says the fundamentals 
Do not support the such high uh, price and valuation. Here's this quote. Whatever best case scenario you want to paint for what Tesla is going to do, whether they're going to produce 30 million cars within the next 10 years and get, the, get in the insurance business and have the same high margins as Toyota, the most efficient car company with scale of all time, even if you believe all that is true, the stock price is still implying that profits are going to be even bigger than that. He goes on to explain that Tesla should be valued at around 10% of what it's valued at now. The stock price, that is. It should be 10% of what it is right now. And that, folks, is what Alan Greenspan, the old head of the Fed, used to call irrational exuberance. When, when the prices of things just went up and there wasn't a whole lot of fundamentals to it. And that's what we see in the market right now is irrational exuberance. And so what that does, though, is creates bubbles like a 400% return in one year. And this causes many people to be devastated when these, when these bubbles pop. So I'd encourage you not to put off today what you know needs to be done. You know, many times we see one spouse that's the financial spouse, so to speak. What do I mean? Commonly, one spouse will take care of the money matters, and the other spouse depends on them to take care of, the, of these things, right? This is normally the case. I see husbands come in that do it themselves, and they plan and plot, but their wife has no idea what they're doing. If you ask the wife what this husband was doing, and uh, he, she would just look at you in bewilderment. She has no idea what's going on, but she thinks it must have worked out. So what do I do? Wives normally live longer than their husbands. That's just facts. But I see it so often. People are unwilling to accept help or have a third party that has a steady hand that is seasoned with walking alongside people in similar situations. After seeing this time after time, I have to say one of the most loving things you can do for your spouse is to find someone you trust to help you with your financial plans. So I wanted to leave you with that. That's a, uh, uh, something that comes up quite a bit and we don't wanna talk about uh, negative things or, or think about that, but that's very important to consider when you're plotting your financial plans and how to do that. So that's our show for today. On the show next week, we'll talk about the differences between mutual funds and exchange traded funds. While they're similar in, in that they are pools of investments, they're pretty different. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty of that and explain the differences of mutual funds and ETFs. So thanks for listening. hope you have a great week and we'll see you next week. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Clients Excel are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Any reference to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the insuring carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It's not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet particular needs of an individual situation. Clients Excel is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. 
The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Clients Excel. The use of logos and or trademarks of podcast hosting sites are the property of their respective owners and are not an endorsement by those owners of our firm or our program.